though I, I, I would have recommended something else, I went with the first option because that's what he was bought into. And, uh, you know, we'll find out to see what's going to happen. It's one of those things that we, it's, he's, he's going to um, really go out on a limb. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what business is like and uh, whatever adventure we're going to take, hey, we're, we're going to give it a whirl. Hey, good day and welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. Today, Josh and I are going to bring to you a podcast on truth and what is truth? What is reality? And how does that relate in the workforce as we lead and as we grow our teams? Um, So we're really looking forward to uh, diving into the topic today on truth. Hey, welcome to the Consultant and the Coach podcast. And today... We have, we're going to talk truth and what that means, coaching, consulting, life, um, kind of an important thing. Absolutely. What do you think? Yeah, no, as we've talked to a lot of our folks who are our listeners and other people who we know in this world, you know, truth is something that can separate the best leaders from the worst leaders. And we'll talk about that very simple change to, or continuation of some practices we'll talk about in truth can really separate um, businesses uh, from each other. Yeah. So yeah. So, what scripture did you choose? Yeah, there's a lot of great scripture to choose from. As as any of you who read scripture may know, around this issue of truth, especially because that's really the basis of sin and understanding who we are. But in this case, uh, Paul's talking to the Ephesians chapter four, verse twenty five says, "Since you put away lying, speak the truth, each one to his neighbor, because we are members of one another." And the reason I like that is is it's about truth in the context of community. And anyone who's a leader, uh, either in their family or their community the organization, a company, they have to understand that it's not just about speaking truth um, as a matter of ethics and integrity, which it is, but it's also a matter of respect and understanding who the people are you're leading and where you're trying to go and how you treat each other. Um, and so it's a really, it's a, it's, an, it's a manifestation of the culture you're trying to build. Um, and we believe that's very important. So when it comes to truth, uh, when, you, when you're dealing with a consulting client, what, you know, what, what kind of story comes out to you? You know, what are you dealing with here? Sure. Um, Yeah, I think it's interesting working with um, clients of all kinds because you find the... the level of truth you have to convey to people and people's willingness to hear truth varies quite a bit. So, um, you know, what's an example of this? You know, I've worked with um, clients on product market fit research as an example. And I think we talked a little bit about this in the reality section, but it's, you know, truth is obviously very data driven and, and rooted in something that has to be, you know, somewhat um, holdable. And it's interesting. I work with some clients who are very interested in hearing the truth and you go out and you do the research and you understand the data and you present it in a way that's really compelling and they see it and it'll, it, they are, they have enough space in their imagination to change their mind based on what you tell them focus on a different market, open different mm-hmm. hours, um, focus on a different you know clientele in some way. And I've had that experience in several cases. You know, it's interesting in other people though, um, you you bring them truth based on data and, and they're not open to it. They don't want to hear the truth. Um, and in many ways, I've talked my way out of 
plenty of gigs because, you know, especially I work, for example, in the healthcare space in particular among other industries. And I know a lot about the, the quirky nature of healthcare, which is pretty tough to sell into, for example, and actually just had a conversation last week um, with a potential client. And I just basically said, look, your, your product won't sell the healthcare market for reasons one, two, and three. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, they never called me back uh, because they didn't want to hear that. They didn't want to understand the truth of how to actually reach a particular market. Um and in other cases, you know, working during the pandemic with another client who had a very much an in-person business and basically was pitching them on the concept that they needed to scale in a digital way to more telemedicine-oriented work. And they just couldn't imagine a world that wasn't what they'd always imagined it to be. They couldn't take in new facts, understand the change in dynamics, and therefore confront that truth with an adjusted mindset, right? And I think, um, you know, I, that's what I found as a consultant. It's interesting. It's working with different folks. And what's their, usually one of the things I'm trying to suss out when I even decide who I'm going to work with. Luckily, I'm in a position where I get to <laughs> pick that to some degree. It's how helpful am I actually going to be? You know, mm-hmm. When I bring this person some level of truth that they either have not thought of before or more in, in some cases don't really want to hear, how are they going to deal with that? I think what's hard today is when you say truth mm-hmm. or, you know, w- what is real, yeah. there are so many different data points along the way. I mean, mm-hmm. P&L is very simple, you know, what you sell, what you bring in, what your costs are. Mm-hmm. But then there are all sorts of other data points that we mm-hmm. have to run into as well, too. There are so many things to take into account. On one side, you can say, hey, we need more data. But then there's also a point at the end, you're like, hey, um, I'm just going to wing it because there's Mm -hmm. only so many numbers that you can uh, take into account for. So how do we figure out what truth truly is in a business environment, in a leadership environment? Yeah, I I think um, you always have to pick your idols or pick what you're going to follow, right? (laughs) And I think from a business context perspective, you to be successful in business, even if as a person of faith and, and not wanting to make an idol out of money and, you know, profits and other things as a business to be successful, I think you have to choose the customer first, uh-huh. right? I mean, the best business leaders I've understood, they have a, they have a clear focus on the customer, right? Cause the customer drives your revenue, your revenue drives your P and L. And when you squarely focus on meeting the needs of a customer, then you can worry about your culture, then you can worry about filling the right people to meet the customer needs. Mm-hmm. You can worry about everything else has to be attended to from an organizational behavior perspective and change management and growth and strategy. But if you can't actually meet the needs of a customer, you don't have a business. As a good uh, advisor and attorney one time told me, he says, I had a question about a conflict of interest issue that I was asking for some help on a particular document um, that I had to sign. Anyhow, he got and some other work I was doing and he goes, look, this other work you're doing, you don't have a customer yet. So it's just a hobby, <laughs> right? If you don't have a customer, and he was right. it's not a business. It's a hobby, right? So you focus, that's why I love product market fit research, because uh, you can really narrow your it, efforts and your understanding of truth around who your customer is and what the heck are they willing to pay for Mm -hmm. and what are they willing to pay for it right how does it deliver value and you start there and then you work down through the rest of your steps i was in i was thinking of the truth uh and this is a this is a idea that i'm dealing with right now in our business is our business like a lot of businesses today 
are struggling with team members, retaining team members, hiring team mm-hmm. members. There's a huge, and you know, we've had a few team members leave our team and I have to ask the question, is there a problem with our business mm-hmm. or is this a general problem that all businesses are facing in, in today's work environment? And so I've been going over our data, hence truth, over and over. Our sales are amazing. Our profits are amazing. And I've chosen to look outside our business to other uh, environments. I was talking to our lands, uh, you know, a landscaping company, a couple other companies. Mm-hmm. They're all facing the exact same thing. Yeah. So I can take the truth from what I see other businesses are facing and say, hey, our numbers look great. And that it would be different if... Uh, I had employees leaving our company and our numbers stunk Yeah, and everyone else was doing just fine. Then I'd say, well, it's probably a question of us. Mm-hmm. Whereas our numbers look great. Everyone's facing employee issues right now. Mm-hmm. So the numbers and the truth that cosigns, you know, uh, coincides with that actually encourage our, but hey, we're going to make it through this. Uh, yep. Things will eventually settle down and get back into whether it's three months, six months, 12 months, who knows? Yeah. Um, that's that's an example today of like, hey, I'm encouraged by the truth and the numbers of where our business is currently headed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, and I think that um, that's why another place to think about truth I work with my clients is just about thinking, what are the things you're reading, right? Or mm-hmm. where you're getting your data from, right? And I, I like to get a couple of things because I'm a nerd, but also because I find it very helpful is on the weekends, I like to read um, and actually get the physical paper. That's the Yakima Herald, local, uh-huh. right? It tells us a lot of things. To your point, has a reference to a lot of local issues. Things yeah. like, hey, record low unemployment rate in the Valley, partially because people haven't wanted to work for lots of reasons related to the pandemic, partially because a lot of hiring is going on, inflation is going up. Yeah. And so then I also get the Wall Street Journal, which gives me more of a macro view. And I think as business leaders, we have to carefully kind of curate the way we're consuming information to find these kinds of truths, right? Because as we know, media is rife with challenges of finding some level of truth because so much of the economics right. and then is clickbait. on top of truth, everyone comes with their own bias. I have exactly. my bias. You have your bias. Everyone right. else has their bias. Right. And you have to take not only what we read in the newspaper, but even supplemental conversations yep. that I have at church or with friends. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. So I just every time I talk to someone, I just take another feather and I put it, okay, here, and mm-hmm. here and here, and it really helps make for a good educated um, estimate. Yep. I don't want to say guess. It's yep. not a guess. We, we make good estimates is what we do. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it actually speaks to kind of as a strategic planning leader. When I've been inside organizations, I tended to not even pay attention to the noise of any particular issues or questions from executives I work with because of the fact that it would take at least three times for me to actually pay attention. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> so many times someone would say, oh, Josh, can you do, can you do this thing? You'd be totally far afield of what we'd agreed to like an hour beforehand. I said, oh, okay. And so I'd sort of sit on it and wait because they changed their mind by the next day. But then sometimes it was a real request. And so then all of a sudden it would come up again a day or two later. And then it would come up a third time. And then by the time it came up You're three like, times, okay, it's like, oh, I've okay. Got to pay attention. Is, I've got to pay attention, right? I didn't forget and I didn't just ignore it. But um, so many times um, people in organizations, especially large organizations, are, are whipped around by the winds of change in politics that they, they, it is hard to say, stay grounded in both truth, reality, um, and steadiness. Like what are your steady focus areas? 
Um, and how do you um, how do you stay centered on those things as a leader, which mm-hmm. is which is really challenging. Now, as just a reminder and a backpedal a little bit, when when we build companies and build leaderships, one of the things I look at is you know three of the foundational principles. Uh, are grace, truth, and time. Mm-hmm. So we're talking truth. These, this is the numbers, the cold, you know, reality of the situation. Mm-hmm. But the other two that come into play that we have to take into account are grace and time. Grace is like, hey, if someone makes a mistake or sales are off for the quarter, we frequently have to give companies as well as team members grace because they're going to grow. Mm-hmm. I have made um, some of my most profitable periods have resulted from, oh, hey, I blew it over here. I'm going to compensate and grow. Mm-hmm. Um, I joke that my, my, my owner of our company could have fired me 10 plus times. Now, had he done that, he wouldn't have profited from what I had learned when I had screwed up. Mm-hmm. And then there's the third principle, time. And I think right now people get so caught up in the moment, hey, we need to look sometimes months or even years in advance to say, hey, how is this trending? Right, right. No, and I think as, as we'll talk about dig into those topics uh, more deeply in the next couple of weeks, I think, uh, I think the thing to remember, I think too, what you're getting at here, previewing those a little bit is also to say it's, it's all three, right? Mm-hmm. When you're working with at the intersection of t- truth and grace and time, and, and we're going to talk, go deeper in each one of these, but I think all three will keep referencing back to each other because they, they play together, right? And how we build healthy companies um, and healthy teams. Um, so why is truth so important? I mean, what do you find, why is it such a, why do you have to do it? Because it's painful, it's hard, it's hard to pin down. Well, I, it's I think a, it's we kind know, of annoying, to be honest. I think we know why. <laughs> I, I, I I've never talked to someone who said, hey, I, I, I just believe in lying. I've never once met someone. I think what we see is some people value truth more than other people. Mm-hmm. So no one says, hey, I aspire to be a liar. Never, I've never heard one person say that. But what I have seen is some people are more devoted to the truth and actual numbers than other people. Mm-hmm. They'll kind of fudge, fudge with the details. And I think uh, I was rereading the book Integrity by Henry Cloud this weekend. And I don't know why I hadn't put two and two together yet is he coincides truth with integrity, which makes complete sense because we all say, hey, we want to be someone with integrity. Mm-hmm. Well, that's got to coincide with truth. Yeah. I can say, hey, Josh, it's sunny outside. And you can be like, it is pouring down rain. You Something is wrong with your glasses. Truth coincides with integrity and it goes hand in hand. And if you know everything that comes out of my mouth is true, then you can trust it. Right. And that's why truth is so important. Yeah. Well, and I think, and while I agree with you, people don't wake up in the morning and and think they want to be liars. I think they're, I think people have to recognize the cultural and the frankly profit motive around not always telling the truth, especially yourself, right? Someone may not intentionally be lying to their teams or to their company, but that could also be a manifestation of them lying to themselves. Mm -hmm. Like I've actually had people I've worked with and while I'm frustrated that they're lying to me and I found them in those lies, the reality is hard to confront because in many ways they're telling themselves similar versions of the same lie, mm-hmm. right? That are not grounded in reality or truth or facts. And so it's hard to convince someone 
of their own lie they're telling themselves. It's one thing if they're lying to you. It's entirely different when people aren't being truthful with themselves. Now, from a coaching perspective, mm-hmm. I will say, and we've talked about this before, some people can't be trusted. They will take certain, and I think this may be, this This kind of gets into a why. Why do certain people withhold the truth? Mm-hmm. They're worried that it's going to be used against them. Absolutely. And I would actually go say, that's legitimate. Yep. It is a legitimate concern because some people will either not understand the numbers, because I've, I've talked to people there, will we'll be on two separate sides, and they're, they don't they don't use the truth to necessarily hurt someone on purpose, but they just flat out mm. did a lousy job of looking at the numbers. So yeah. this is where, as I encourage my clients to build um, uh, leadership teams, you've got to trust those that uh, you share certain numbers with. I'm not even my entire team. I love my entire team. I trust my entire team. But there are certain team members they're just not mature enough to see all of the numbers Mm -hmm. i wouldn't tell my nine-year-old son every aspect that is wrong with the world it's not that i don't trust him but he's he's nine right he is not ready for that yet and so this is where over time some people can be entrusted with more facts and Mm -hmm. truth than Mm -hmm. other people can and this Mm -hmm. is where as we mature as leaders um who gets to be privy to what? Mm-hmm. And I would say that that is a, you know, you can't be on one side where no one knows everything, mm-hmm. but you can't also share all of the truth and data with everyone else because mm-hmm. it, it it can and will be uh, misconstructed, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. And I think what the, the issue that connects to is also accepting and recognizing that the CEO seat is a lonely seat. It is. Right. It's an extremely lonely seat. That's one reason why we I think started this podcast was to help those, you know, who we talk about in those seats in the CEO seat, especially hopefully listening to this and reading our blogs and trying to get something out of what we're doing because we're trying to provide encouragement and strength to folks who are either in those chairs or aspire to be in those chairs. Um, but the reality is because you have to be careful what you tell to whom and when and how much for what purpose, right? Not that you're lying, but you're sort of figuring out the different levels of truth, circles of trust. We've talked about that. Um, it's a lonely seat, right? Because you're the only one who knows everything, right? And when I work with my clients, I sort of know I'm advising them, but I don't have the ad- all the data points they have. No. They can't possibly download to me everything that's in their day because I'm only working for them a few hours a week. And so it's it's interesting and challenging to try to work with and, and always fun to work with these folks knowing what they know in these roles helping them to pre- present new data points positions perspectives recommendations so they can actually drive those decisions because it, but but not to be surprised right the, yeah. the encouragement here is don't be surprised when you find yourself in a lonely seat well and and as a consulting standpoint or from a consulting perspective i assume your job is to, hey I'm going to give you ideas. I'm going to give you a framework. That's what you do. Exactly. From a coaching perspective, my job is one of encouragement and not, not, not in a raw, 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 Hey, I'm going to, you know, say, Hey, go, you can do it. Encourage literally means to give courage to someone that does not currently have it. You in encourage. So I'm taking something that I have, giving it to someone Mm -hmm. in an area they didn't already have it. Yep. And the way I do it as a coach is by looking at the situation. And uh, to use a, a term I use is I will look for areas of weakness that someone would have. 
and then look for areas of truth that the person, you know, hey, you can do this because of A, B, and C. I see this, and you get a lot of you get a lot of executives where I, you don't get to that level unless you believe in yourself mm-hmm. or believe in what you can do. But they need further validation mm-hmm. based on current situations, mm-hmm. or even if they failed three times. The fourth time is going to be different because we made a change either by consulting, looking at businesses or strat plans. It's 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 putting everything together. Well, and I think you've talked about this too. I think I've appreciated this in my journey working with and talking with you. And I think you've you've talked about this a lot is even when you're the most secure or confident leader, we all have our triggers. Oh, yeah. Right. I mean, the triggers from childhood, triggers from past work experiences, re- broken relationships, whatever. E- even when you are like an uber confident CEO who's got it all together, there is still the thing that's going to set you off the rails. It's going to piss you off. It's You're going to see it. And it, even if someone doesn't mean something, they're going to come across as your second grade teacher who, you know, like, or whatever it's going to be. Right. Yeah. And. I think it's 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 to the encouragement point. I think helping those leaders. I, I always what I like about coaching is just helping leaders identify those triggers and sort of mitigate the shoop 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 shoop. You know, the sending it around that just absolutely spins you out of your out of your chair, right? And just can send you off the rails. So um, I think that's the other thing I like about just what coaching and what you do is is really helping folks identify and mitigate that. Well, it, it, it's fun, and then at the end of the day. You just do the best with what you can. So this is where you have to take truth and coincide it with time mm-hmm. as well as grace. I was coaching someone yesterday. This is kind of my side hobby as I, I, I do athletic coaching. Mm-hmm. And there's a huge meet coming up this weekend. And I was sitting down with the client and I just said, okay, we can approach this race one of two ways. And I gave him option A or option B because it really at the end of the day, my job as coach is, okay, I, I'm going to give you options. But you have to live with whatever um, choice that you make. And mm-hmm. I said, okay, you have option A. Mm-hmm. Here are the pros and cons. Here's option B. Here are the pros and cons. You have to live with this. I would recommend option B, but it's you have to live with this. What do you want to do? And he goes, hey, coach, I want option A. And he gave me a reason. I'm like, I buy into that. And really, even though I would have recommended option B, he for himself wanted option a so i'm like okay this is what we're going to do if you want to run this way we can do this you're going to approach it in this situation we talked about the mantras that he's going to um recite in his head this week and how he's going to run the race as he wants to Mm -hmm. so even though i i i would have recommended something else i went with the first option because that's what he was bought into and uh, you know we'll find out to see what's going to happen. Is one of those things that we it's he's he's going to um, really go out on a limb. But at the end of the day, that's kind of what business is like, and yep. uh, whatever adventure we're going to take, hey, we're, we're going to give it a whirl. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Well, this has been fun. Let's go ahead and uh, let's go and wrap this up for our listeners. I think um, you know I think this was a great session on truth, and hopefully you guys found it encouraging. Uh, I think the takeaways here is understanding what is truth. How do you get your data points? You know, why does it matter? And and it's, I think there's several ways we've talked about how you can begin to think about truth in your own leadership and work. Um, and uh, yeah, come back next week when we're going to talk about. I think it's uh, time next week. Yeah. And what is, what is time? Yeah, and helping leaders along the journey, figuring out how to take advantage of time and, and recognize that. Of course, a little bit of context of truth will fit into there, as well as looking ahead to the week even after that around grace. So we'll look forward to, to more of that next week.
Sounds good. And in the meantime, check out your blog as well as, hey, just go to the consultantofthecoach.com and we'd love to hear from you. Absolutely. Thanks, everyone. Hey, thank you for listening to the Consultant Coach Podcast on truth and what that looks like as we dive in deeper into the subject. Hey, if you need more on this, hey, take a look at Josh's most recent blog post on truth. He dives a little deeper into that, what that looks like. It's really, really helpful. If you'd like to reach out, just go to theconsultantthecoach.com or give us a call or send us an email. And until next week, we're going to look into what grace looks like at work and as we coach and as we consult. So see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Consultant Coach Podcast. Mm-hmm.